Hey, aloha and welcome to the Bridgetown Daily. My name is Jaren and I lead the youth communities here at Bridgetown. So first of all, I just have to say, well done for clicking on this podcast episode in spite of the title. I know it's definitely not warm or welcoming for a Bridgetown Daily title. And yes, I do like to be edgy and controversial at times. But no, this title is not original to me. This title finds its home in the mouth of Abba Moses, who was a third century Christian monk. This great desert father would counsel his Padawan monks back in the day on encountering the presence and transformative power of God with these words. Go, sit in your cell, and your cell will teach you everything you need to know. And what he meant by a cell or a monk cell was a basic room with very minimal necessities for the purpose of extended solitude to be with God. Now, I'm sure that sounds amazing for those of you introverts listening, but regardless of your personality type, I would guess, unless you're vocationally a monk, that a monk cell has not made it into our Google calendars this year. (laughs) Here's the thing. The words of counsel from Abba Moses and even other spiritual figures can definitely tend to sound hyper-idealistic, out of touch with reality, and maybe even outright unhealthy. I mean, a God who reveals himself primarily through remaining closed off from society in a monk cell where all there is is a desk, bed, and Bible. I mean, really? That sounds like a God who is out of touch with my reality. And hence, It sounds like a God who reserves his presence and power primarily to the hermits and saints for those willing to look uh, completely different than my life. I'm guessing your life looks probably more like car payments and soccer practices or Zoom calls or those occasional Netflix binges or a crying baby waking up at 3 a.m., all in the midst of walking with Jesus in 2021. And I'm guessing your life and mine can tend to be anything but a monk cell. So if Abba Moses' wisdom sounds out of touch with our reality, you're not wrong. And yet, and yet, I'm going to risk saying here that Abba Moses' wisdom could not be more relevant and needed for the times we live in. So if you have your Bible, I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 17 through 20, if you want to follow along. And it says this, Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. This is the rule I lay down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each person should remain in the situation they were in when God called them. It's the word of God. Now, before I go any further, I think it's helpful to note a bit of the contextual history, meaning the history behind the writing of 1 Corinthians 7. One biblical commentator explains that this letter, Corinthians, revolves around the theme of problems in the Christian conduct within the church of Corinth. And it thus has to do with progressive sanctification, the continuing development of a character that's devoted to God. And obviously, Paul was personally concerned with the Corinthians' problems, revealing that he had a pastor's and a shepherd's heart. So bear in mind that Paul is writing this letter in loving response to problems of new believers' behavior and the temptation to conform to surrounding cultural pressures. 
Now, I don't have time to explain to you why Paul's critique of circumcision was absolutely shocking in both offense and amazement to the Jewish world. But just know for now that Paul's statement of remaining where and as you are, whether Jew or Gentile or Ethiopian, etc., remaining where and as you are when you were called by God through Christ was a revolutionary message to the church and to the surrounding world. I mean, in a simplistic nutshell, the mindset in that day was this, to get God, get circumcised. Don't get circumcised. Get married. Don't get married. Join this festival. Don't join this festival. Outward signs. But now Paul is saying here in 1 Corinthians 7, to get God, remain faithful right where you are. Inward devotion. So it is here where Abba Moses's wisdom meets our modern ache. This rule Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians 7, I believe bridges the gap between the early church and our lives, even in the midst of Zoom fatigue and virtual church. Each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. Here's the connection I want to draw that Father Rollheiser gives in his book, Domestic Monastery. The 21st century monk cell for the modern man and woman is the situation and commitments we have in our everyday lives. Not somewhere out there in a more pious or ascetic life, not when we have our our lives all figured out, not when you have the marriage you've finally been waiting for. No, right here. Even as you're listening with the life load limits and relationships we've been given, this is good news. This epiphany of sorts has the potential to quiet all the noise that says God could only be experienced if our lives had a different set of circumstances or relationships, or that he only pays attention to us when our external circumstances begin to draw success or admiration or security, or maybe even control. You see, while I do believe environment is important, the modern day monk cell can now be less associated with a specific environment or set of attributes and more associated with an attitude and effort towards our daily lives and commitments, right where God wants to be found. Father Rollheiser says this, our cell is another word for our primary set of responsibilities, for our duties of state, for due diligence and fidelity inside of our vocations, relationships, marriages, families, churches, and communities. To leave one's cell is to neglect our responsibilities or to be unfaithful. To let our cell teach us everything, as Abba Moses said, is to have faith that if we remain faithful inside of our moral values and our proper commitments, then virtue and fidelity will themselves teach us what we need to know to come to maturity and sanctity. What a great reminder that God's primary concern is the people we are becoming, the kind of people we're becoming. But here's the important caveat. I know many of us could feel burdened and maybe even worse, injured or even dehumanized by the commitments we're stuck in, or maybe even by a lack of commitments altogether. I get that. I mean, just the staggering cases of domestic violence and loss of employment and uptake in unhealthy outlets of coping are telling of the condition that a lot of us, yes, even in the church, find ourselves in. Therefore, if you are in a circumstance where there is harm to self, harm to another, or even the possibility of either, please reach out to someone you trust who can advocate for you. That said, I believe what I'm about to say is key for all of us, no matter if your commitments are wonderful or unbearable or anything in between. 
the gospel story reveals the staying power of God in Jesus Christ. In his birth, life, death, and resurrection, and his second coming, the whole biblical account of the story of God reveals to us the God whose staying power looks like the God that refused to see your life and mine left in the pit of sin, which leads to deadening and death. As one of my favorite preachers, Timothy Keller always says, the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. God's gospel is Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's gospel is 1 John three sixteen. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid his life down for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. God's gospel is 1 John 3, 23 through 24. And this is his command to believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and to love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps God's commands lives in him and he in them. And this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the Holy Spirit he gave us. God's gospel is that our lives are forever connected to the Son of God by the Father through the Holy Spirit. And specifically speaking to those of us who are in the pains of broken commitments or sin or lack of commitments, or maybe who feel burned out by commitments, I wanna say this, our lives are connected to God. Proven by the staying power of Jesus Christ, whom in the midst of the evil and the sin and the, of the world and even within us chose to deal with it by sacrificing his life to invite us into salvation, no matter our previous history. You see, Jesus Christ receives us right where we are. And while God never grows two people the same way since we are uniquely made, I do believe he always grows people by way of commitment to the things that cultivate life and love, not death and hate. So to end, the famous Thomas A. Kempis, who wrote one of the most influential books in the world, actually called The Imitation of Christ, once wrote this, every time you leave your cell, you come back less a person. Meaning every time we stray from our legitimate commitments, from the rhythms of our relational lives, we run the risk of missing out on what God has for us right in the midst of our everyday. And moreover, we risk the opportunity to not live out the command of Jesus Christ, which is this, if you love me, keep my commandments. John chapter 14, verse 15. So what does it mean to be obedient to Christ once you're saved by Christ? Stay in your cell and it will teach you everything you need to know. I'm gonna pray real fast to close. Father, Son, and Spirit, would you empower Bridgetown Church and anyone even now listening, would you empower us to see with an attitude and an attention that you are in the midst of our everyday lives, that we have a choice to remain committed, to remain in our cell, to remain close to the commitments of our everyday lives. And it's there where we grow in maturity. It's there where we encounter you, the God of all things. Be with us today as we remain faithful to what we have in front of us. 
written before us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.